Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule, and you can probably hear I'm breaking all of my own rules on this podcast to bring you this edition, um, and I'm actually in a very noisy bar, um, one of my absolute all-time favourite spots on the island for winter time, um, and it's called Cantoni. Um, you might have passed it uh, on the road on the left-hand side between Ibiza town and Santa Lalia. Uh, it might have been a place that you thought you would never want to enter, but I can assure you, um, it's one of those places on the island that actually makes you feel like you live in Spain. Uh, very easy in Ibiza, uh, particularly as someone who's not from here, to feel like I'm always surrounded by English people. I'm never speaking Spanish, I'm never interacting with the locals, and this is a place I come where basically absolutely nobody knows me. There's no danger of running into anybody because nobody that speaks my language tends to frequent this establishment which is kind of one of the reasons sometime in the winter that I feel like it's one of my favourite spots to hang because I feel like I'm living um, in a foreign country I feel like I'm in Spain and that is a really beautiful feeling and it's kind of one of the feelings I talked to today's podcast guest about and she said that the reason that she really kind of got into the groove of the man that she made a film about was because his music made her feel like home and I think we all need that we all need that kind of grounding feeling from something Um, and if music can create that for you then I completely understand why that might grow into such an enormous passion it's definitely the number one reason why a lot of people come to this island is the electronic dance music scene here and the partying um, that Ibiza is known for so I was really interested after witnessing the film that she had produced um, at the Ibiza Cinefest, um, a little kind of mini can, which I talked about on last the last podcast. Um, yeah, I just really loved the film. I, I thought it was shot beautifully, um, but I really liked the kind of fly on the wall angle um, of getting into a little bit of John Trinch's world and not showing him in this very showboaty kind of, you know. Ibiza superstar DJ kind of style it was very very natural very in his home um, habitat and environment out in the nature um, and it really kind of showed him in his, his natural light and I just think that's such a rare thing uh, to happen in Ibiza in lots of ways and particularly where the media is concerned and I also felt that it was apt particularly um, for me personally to be putting a podcast out today that celebrates the life of someone because I have felt like recently um, particularly with some news that came into my world at the weekend uh, about a TV presenter who's a very good friend of many good friends of mine Caroline Flack it just felt a lot of heartbreak about the kind of portrayal um, of her life and some very unfortunate events and incidents that unfolded within it and I just feel like not enough time is spent celebrating the amazing achievements and milestones and parts of people. Um, too much time is spent analysing, comparing, worrying, fretting, um, judging. And a lot of that is very negative. Um, 
I'm not suggesting that I'm perfect and I've mastered this art, but I think I'm, I notice myself judging a lot more. I notice I'm more aware of myself comparing and contrasting. And I think all I know um, is that ever since I heard a track called Celebrate by one of my favorite Afrobeat artists and the words in that track, celebrate your life, celebrate your everyday life. And I think it's something that we don't do enough of. Um, and that's why this film in so, 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 so many, many, many ways does exactly that um, regarding the life of John Satrincher, um, who is just one of my favourite DJs because he happens to pretty much live and reside in one of my favourite places on the island because he plays eight-hour sets down there. And I think anyone that is willing to, you know, really put the time in to create a soundtrack for the benefit of others, the meditation of others, the experience of others. Obviously, he gets paid for it, but he does something that he really, really loves. And he celebrates his life every day by gazing out to the horizon on a beautiful island. And the rest of the time, like right now, he's obviously off in Bali and all around Southeast Asia doing what he does best, making other people happy. And I think that really comes across in the film Born Balearic, which... Um, we're going to talk to a lady on today's podcast, the director of that film, which I really thought was just beautifully put together and um, a wonderful biopic almost of John and some really great music as well, which obviously needed to happen, it being an Ibiza, um, an Ibiza kind of showcase, really. Um, and, and, the, and one of the most lovely things about going to interview um, today's guest was that I, I went to... Hostel Torre, and I was very, 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 very happy to bump into one of the other film stars uh, from that particular um, movie, and that was a very old friend of mine, Mr. Andy Wilson, who I used to work with at Sonica Radio many, many moons ago when I first arrived on the island. I haven't seen him for donkey's years, like literally forever. Um, and we ended up having a little drink together and actually having dinner together in the end after um, with our wonderful, wonderful guest. So I'm absolutely over the moon to be bringing you the content of today's show. It is all about uh, celebrating the life of Johnson Trincher um, and I guess why this film was made. And as I say, I think there's always an opportunity every day to celebrate our lives and perhaps that reason isn't always necessarily at the forefront of proceedings or an obvious situation um, or a way that we just kind of wake up in this world it's something that we need to focus on to find the positives to find the little nuances that enter our existence every day that we can actually find joy in um, and even in the darkest 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 moments when it feels like the light the joy will never come back we have to stay strong and know that the good times will return um, just like that fork being dropped on the floor next to me <laughs> to the table you know things will always get better uh, it's rare that they get much worse than they already are and I think I'm very very grateful to have had this opportunity to catch up um, with the director of Born Balearic I'm not going to say anything more for today but um, I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast and um, as much as I enjoyed having this conversation at Hostel La Torre don't go away So 
we're here um, at the Hostel La Torre, uh, sitting in the dark actually, which is um, obviously not the usual kind of time of day to pop into Hostel La Torre. It's more of a sunset spectacle. If you've ever been here before, it is one of those places that people flock to in the summertime to make that sort of touchdown moment that um, this place is basically famous for. Um, And every night throughout the summer, you'll pretty much find the creme de la creme of sort of favourite island DJs here playing that sunset slot. Anyone from Jose Padilla to John Satrincha, funnily enough, which is kind of um, the man that we've come to talk about this evening on tonight's podcast. Um, Because a couple of nights ago, as I mentioned on the previous show, I was actually invited to go to the Cinefest. I didn't even know Ibiza had a film festival, so this was news to me. And I trotted on down to Santillaria Cinema, and um, I watched a double back-to-back. And the second film I watched um, was Born Balearic. And I'm very, very lucky and um, happy uh, to be joined by the director of that film, uh, which actually, I didn't know it also, that it was the actual premiere of that film, uh, the very first time it's ever been shown on the big screen. And um, yes, here is the director, Lily Rinai. Hello, nice to meet you, Joel. That's my name. <laughs> so nice to meet you as well. Um, over a little sort of Ibiza-style gin and tonic here at Hostel La Torre. Yes, because uh, Andy Wilson. Today I was here because I want to listen to one of my character, Andy Wilson, DJ. And uh, he was drinking this, so I copied that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did exactly the same. I arrived, and I haven't seen Andy for quite a few months, possibly years, actually. And um, he was drinking a big fat gin and tonic, which always comes in Ibiza in a sort of like a fishbowl with some really That's ridiculously huge, huge <laughs> ice cubes huge. yeah it's huge and uh, with peppers it's not f- normal <laughs> and it's actually it's nice <laughs> kind of a bit spicy <laughs> it's not normal there's not a lot of normal things that go on in Ibiza though let's be okay. honest <laughs> okay okay this is Andy's things okay <laughs> that's what happens when you hang out with Andy for too long mm-hmm. okay Tilo excuse me yeah Tilo Oh, what did you say? I said that's what's hap- that's what happens if you um, spend too much time with Andy. You end up oh, doing what I he see. does, which is a dangerous game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you saw the movie, and uh, Andy was there too a lot. Yeah. And I, that's what I liked about it because mm. um, as I introduced the start of the last podcast, I, mm. I I do this a lot on the Reset Rebel po- podcast, and I sort of say good morning, good evening, good yeah. afternoon, wherever you are, because. With a podcast, mm. you never know what time of day someone mm. will listen to it or where in the world they are. And it really struck me when John said, when mm. he was recording his uh, Sonica show, which is, yes. of course, how we know Andy as well, who mm. also works and does mm. an amazing radio show at Sonica. Um, it just suddenly, yeah, that really resonated with me because that's how mm. John addressed the crowd listening. And I guess in Ibiza, mm-hmm. you know, it could be morning, noon, night or day to, yeah. to anybody at any time of day because mm. you never know what time they're getting out of bed. Yes. Actually, I use John's voice in the movie. That is from Ibiza Sonica radio station. And I follow John more than 10 years since I was lived in Japan, Tokyo. And... Uh, because I love John so much, so I was recording. You know, I would stay up until midnight <laughs> because Tokyo is a six, uh, no, seven to eight hour earlier than Spain. So I have to wake up, then I record it. Then now I live in New York, so I 
would wake up at 7 a.m. to catch up with Spain's 1 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Then, so I have many bunch of the collection of the John's mix. Actually, not only John, because I love so many jo-、uh, DJs, include Andy Wilson or so many people like Phil Mason or Leo Mars. So I was kind, I'm kind of nerd to recording those DJs. And why I like DJs so much? Because they have a story in the, on his own set. And I feel it's very important.、Hmm. I think that's exactly right. Every DJ has a story, but I think particularly with John Satrincha because he. You know, he doesn't play for you know a couple of hours. He always, as he said in the film, is like you know eight hours. It's like a full day in the office. He doesn't mess around. He's there for the full sort of journey, really, because he does take you on a journey, and it feels like you've you know almost done a full day in the office when you're listening to that. But when you're lying on a beach, you've got a drink in your hand, one of these wonderful gin and tonics. It's kind of you know it. it Yeah, it's like a soundscape. It's like almost like a meditation that he kind of takes you through this entire process from, you know, like and like he said, the daytime into the sunset period.、Mm-hmm. John Satrinchet's set is exactly the sound soundtrack of the life. So anytime you listen his mix, you can feel empathy. Please ask me why I made this film. <laughs> no one's ever actually spoon-fed me a question before, but you know what? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say no. Why did you make this film? I'm fascinated. I was born in Taiwan and I ra- raised up in Tokyo, so I'm always struggle with my identity. You know, my parents is Taiwanese, so we speak Taiwanese in in a house. But in the outside, I speak Japanese because my my house is school or. Around because we live in Tokyo, and so I always feel I who am I? Like am I Taiwanese or am I Japanese? I couldn't figure out. This is the reason why I became a filmmaker, because I in the film in the video I can make the world, which、uh, in the way I see it, you know, like a no border. And、uh, one day I found the John Sound Cloud. Or Ibiza Sonic, I forget that. But I feel John's his set, John Satrinchas, his set is no border, no barrier, because he mix up all kind of genre, like、uh, jazz to rock, rock to techno, then go to classical music, then back to house music. Then I feel oh, his sound, his set, it's no border. It's really perfect borderless world. But I know for sure the day will come when you first realize what you have done, and you finally get your debts repaid and revenge. Just served on a cold plate, oh yeah, on a cold plate, on a cold plate, on a cold plate. That's why I feel oh I have to make his documentary because he 
do so, he does so much important things in his sets. It's almost like you invented a new word there, genre. Mm-hmm. But you, genre. Say, you say genre. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, you know, Japanese, we couldn't separate L and R sound. <laughs> Actually, I went to, I have English tutor. I tried to correct this R and okay, yeah. yeah but genre. imagine if you spelt it J O N R E. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's J-E-N-R-E. like his, he has no genre. It's just his, no genre. it's just one genre because he mixes everything. Yeah. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, okay, he mixes yeah, everything yeah, yeah. from every spectrum, and that's why. Yeah. You know, we all just kind of love him because, like, mm-hmm. he just totally takes you from one realm to another, kind of seamlessly and very unexpectedly. And that's, you know, you could be dancing to Michael Jackson one minute mm-hmm. and, you know, some weird ballet tune or the teddy bear's picnic or, you know, you just never know which way it's going to go. And that's kind of like the magic of, of what he creates when that's he's on the magic. desk. Yeah, it's like a kaleidoscope of the kaleidoscope of the sound. That's why I love he so. I love John so much. I don't think you're alone there. I think he's a, a very much loved island resident, mm-hmm. um, and I know that he pops away for a few months over the winter. He's in Bali right now, or Thailand, I think. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I think there's something very special about his kind of. Yeah, it, you capture a lot of his like little. Um, characteristics like his little giggle which you know is very John and that kind of like really great big light in his eyes when he's feeling a bit mischievous or cheeky or naughty and yeah he just he's almost childlike somehow (laughs) yeah I think almost people living Ibiza is like that (laughs) sorry for me the Peter Pans yeah Peter Pans yeah all Peter Pans come to Ibiza that's why Ibiza is so magical the people is so unique and beautiful and I am sure the people in Ibiza is all connected through the music not only the dance music, any kind of music uh, is the very the connection for the people. And uh, it's such a unique island. So when you say that you discovered his uh, either his SoundCloud or, or Sonica's online, yeah, which, which, Sonica, yeah. which came first? Was it the fact that you found his music online or did you meet him or see him somewhere first? Which, which was it be- to begin uh, with? I had a plan to go Ibiza. When I was like, it's 2011. It's my first time come to Ibiza because I was a super techno girl. I love techno so much. Detroit techno, minimal techno, acid something. Then my DJ friends in Tokyo, he said, you have to go Satrincha. You feel different vibe. And you know, I like techno. So I just want to focus. I, I plan to go just the clubs. For example, that time was space, which I really like. And one day, I, if, when I have time, I went to Satrincher. Then I, it really, it's changed everything in my life till now. It's changed everything because his set is so beautiful. You know, it's, they he mix up everything together. And yeah, it's same. I feel his choice is how to say transient race or language or any kind of borders. That's why I then I become to listen, start to listening uh, Balearic music. I mean, you must have spent a lot of hours at Sadrinja. There was a lot of footage from there, and mm. the drone footage was. 
Absolutely incredible. It made me, yeah, fall in love with my own home. About 50 times more all over again during the course of the movie. The footage was absolutely astounding. Oh, yeah. I was with my film crew for people in a month on August 2018. And we spent so much time in Satrincher. We asked the owner of the Satrincher too. And the drawing is difficult. I got, how to say, I got mad by police, policia, because the drone is very difficult to manage. You got in trouble with the police? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to pay them lots of money? Uh, no, I said, yeah, I just say, sorry, I didn't know that I'm a tourist. <laughs> and you obviously got away with it? Yes. Yes, they are nice people. Did yeah. you did you buy them a few gin and tonics? <laughs> no, it's ex- too expensive in Ibiza. <laughs> Sorry, it only costs more than the fine, <laughs> especially at Satrich. Yes, it's so expensive. <laughs> but still, I have to eat lunch at there to show respect, <laughs> and that probably costs more than the movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because we are four people. And my DP, my sound guy, they all want to enjoy too. So, <laughs> yeah, the cost was really expensive. <laughs> you could have taken shares in Citrincha. <laughs> yeah. Put them on the stock exchange in, uh, back in New York. Yeah. So you are looking for a little bit of funding for the film, is that, to, to promote it? Because, I mean, that was the premiere um, in Santillaria, which is actually my hometown. So I was pleasantly in a ma- you know surprised by, by what I saw. It was, it was beautifully put together. It's really well... Um, captured. I mean, as I said in my previous podcast, it just to see such an unpretentious side to a DJ. That's what I loved about it. You know, you captured him in his home, kind of rifling through his records, and you know, sitting around on his sofa at home, which wasn't some you know mansion uh, on the side of a mountain here that costs sort of ten million pounds. It was, you know, John in his pants practically, just kind of with his cats and you know having a fag and. Um, just being normal and being John and you know what a beautiful essence of a person that you've kind of portrayed and not tried to you know hire somewhere and pretend that he's something he's not and you can never do that with John he is very down to earth and he is very sweet and lovely and just yeah what you see is what you get yeah he's very sweet and it was the difficult to filming John's house actually because he doesn't like that before. Because he said, my flat is not tip, tippy or uh, not like a hippie house. He said, my house is just modern house. So I think he don't want to show he just living the normal house to the audience. But in the end, we agree. He said, oh, okay, you can come to my house. Yeah, we, then we bring the camera to go his place. And it was nice. He was the... He was playing the game on the phone. It was so cute, like a, how to say, number, how to say it's the English game. Feel the number, like one, two, nine, number crossword. Like a, a number cross, a Sudoku. Yeah, Sudoku. Yeah, that's one, that's one. He was playing that. <laughs> so I told you, he's like a big kid. Yeah, big kid. <laughs> yeah. Adorable. It was very adorable um, to see him the way that you showed him. And I guess 
he was quite vulnerable in terms of the fact that he was very open. I mean, even about his love life, which was also very, very beautiful. But, you know, what you're saying about the sort of Peter Pan-ism that the island attracts is people that, you know, maybe feel a little bit dislodged or displaced or disconnected. Um, and the music is something that draws them in and attracts them, I think, because a lot of people that maybe don't feel like they have a home. I mean, he says that, you know, um, the island is home and the music is home. It's a trincherous home and that community are his family because obviously, you know, it doesn't. his mother's not any longer with us, sadly. And um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing, I think, about Ibiza that I felt through the course of... Um, that narrative that you weave together predominantly through pictures John is quite a um, a man of few words I think I mean he didn't say mm-hmm. a lot I think particularly the, the first half of the film was probably a lot lo- less talking mm-hmm. more music and more music, mostly yeah. visuals it was it was very but you're a visual artist yes yes I'm uh, I have made uh, more than 200 videos in my life because uh, but usually I do more commercials or TV shows or live broadcastings and I building up the, my this career then finally I made this John Satrincha and the Balearic things uh, I made this film for myself not for like uh, someone else what was the feedback from the premiere in Santillaria? I mean, this is your first sort of feature length, if you like, film. I mean, it was probably 90 minutes or so. Oh, no, no, it's uh, just 72 minutes. Because I'm worried people are going to start sleeping. So <laughs> No. <laughs> I made it more short. No. When I did the staff screening in my Brooklyn's my house, one staff was sleeping. <laughs> so I, so they don't get it. They're from Brooklyn. They haven't been to Ibiza, clearly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so many people because it's Ibiza. Everyone know about John Satrincher, so I got so many nice words from everyone, and it was really relief my back pain because I did editing for a year. So I have a huge back pain, but if people say, "Oh, your movie is great," then it's relief, really. It's funny because um, we talked about this before we started recording, but I also work as a yoga teacher. Yeah, but yeah, my, yeah. my day job is a podcaster and a newsreader and a, mm-hmm. a broadcaster. And this involves a lot of sitting, but it's only really the last sort of eight months of my life that I've taken a full-time position. Mm-hmm. And it's killing me. It's like all this sitting down, exactly as you said, the back pain, the neck pain, the bum mm-hmm. pain, the leg pain. Yes. It's a labour of love. Oh, yeah. A labor of you know work that you do because you, it's, a, it's a passion work you know work yeah. that you are willing to sacrifice your own physicality yeah. to to put something into you know what you really want to create something. Mm-hmm. I did this editing with my Italian editor. We uh, two people make that film in the in the like how the the production. And uh, yeah, we both have huge back pain. But I did yoga a lot. <laughs> Because I don't like exercise, but still I have to do that for build up my muscle to keep to editing. Mm. <laughs> I think it's the only way is to yeah, yeah stretch way. and move as much as you can every hour on the hour, mm. if not more, because um, it gets to that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth hour. Then I've been sitting down mm-hmm. the whole time, and I just have to move more and more because I I'm getting really agitated as well. Mm. I'm, I'm getting grumpy and I'm getting. <laughs> 
tired and yeah, mm. just a little bit moody. So, mm. you know, it, it, it's, it's, it is of course always worth it. So in the history of this podcast, I have never plonked an advert in the middle of it, but describing uh, what I was to Lily right there about sitting, being grumpy and tired and a little bit aggy uh, from working and being sedentary for so, so long. It seems to me a good time to talk about the idea of taking breaks and changing things up a little bit and sort of getting out of our heads and into our hearts and having that sort of movement medicine in the tank um i think we just often get lost in our work and we feel that it's kind of impossible to tear ourselves away and this i feel is like a story in our heads it's far removed from reality Uh, i think moving frequently is really the only answer and whether that be before or after work um or just to the water cooler, or just doing a little lap of the office just to stretch your legs. I know for one that I actually used to disappear off to the toilet quite regularly, not to do anything other than just to get out of my chair um, (laughs) on a regular basis. Slightly weird confession there. Uh, But if that's just not enough for you, um, you are maybe bored of going to the gym since this year began, I'm just going to let you know that on the 17th of March, we begin my absolute favourite winter break week of all in Goa in the north. Um, and that's in a little village called Mandrem. And I've been going there every year for eight years, possibly even nine now. And it's kind of like my other favourite country, beginning with I, India, always returns my magic. And so often, I wasn't even aware that I'd probably even lost it along the way. Um, and I think really just through twice daily yoga that we're going to be offering at the long morning walks along the beautiful beaches there that are so flat and silent and meditative. I really just get a chance to decompress Um, and I just sort of think deeply I guess about where I'm going at the start of every year. I'm normally there in January and February, this time I'm going in March but before we move towards that sort of springy, sprinty sensation of springtime um, and that feeling when things start to get a little bit lighter, I find that this is a really, really, really good opportunity um, just to take a little break. So if you feel that you maybe need a little bit of a reset on the magic sounds of Mandram, some meditation, some breath work, some silent walks, some beach time, some bonding time with you. Um, this is one of my favourite places in the world to reconnect. And you can just really take all the time in the world to get away on this retreat. Um, but the evenings will be spent more as a group, enjoying meals out at my favourite going restaurants like La Plage in Ashvem, Cafe New in Mandram, and a restaurant called Shantaram, which is like a raw restaurant. And they also, it's aptly named after my favourite fiction book, written and based in India, which if you haven't ever read it, you really should someday. Um, we're also going to be dropping in a little trip to the night markets to shop in Agora, um, maybe have a mocktail, a juice or even a cocktail um, midway at one of the two dance floors that are at the night market where a lot of really cool DJs play and we take a little sort of a dance break. Um, you can also go and get lost in the food stands, try some amazing local curries and seafood um, and really just spend a whole week moving our bodies and getting high on life. So I always come back from India, feeling reborn with a huge spring in my step and lust for life. And I really feel like yoga is always a good idea. So if you fancy joining us just one month from now on the 17th to the 24th of March, drop me a mail to justthegoodnewsplease at gmail.com. Details for this retreat are on the Reset Rebel website. That's www 
thereseterebel.com. Pop me a line and we'd just love you to join us. This is not a free retreat, um, as we often put on this podcast and give away um, to give back to people on the island. The cost to jump into our very last available room at the Mandala Goa Art Resort is £950. Um, And if you want to join us, yeah, we'd really, really, really love to hear from you. Okay, back to our gorgeous guest, Lily, director of Born Balearic, the movie. Don't go away. Hello, I'm Howard Marks. I used to be a drug smuggler, now I'm an author. And you are listening to Reset Radio. I think, what, what's the plan for the film? I mean, obviously it had its um, premiere and you have to say the name of the village that it premiered in because I love the way you say it. Oh, it's so difficult. The Santa Eurorier? Santa Eurorier? Oh, <laughs> oh, it's just beautiful. It just Sorry, it just makes me chuckle. <laughs> it's so difficult, that name is. I've, I've been living there for five years and I still can't say it, but I say Santillalia. Oh, Santillalia. But they are nice food. It's a lot of food. Many genre of the food <laughs> well yes mm. there is that as well they've got some where have you been eating in Santillario where do you recommend the tacos place taco paco yeah maybe yeah yeah that's one tacos mm. did you have a margarita no I just had wine <laughs> big mistake oh okay <laughs> best margarita on the island mm. Mm-hmm. With I the chilli salt rim round it. I mean, it's just literally making my mouth water just thinking about it. Mm, I see. I'm going to try this summer because winter is so silent here. So I will be back on summer. So what was it about Ibiza? I mean, obviously, apart from Johnson Trencher, but what's, you know, what's kept you coming back here? Because on your website, it says that you live between here and Japan and mm. New York. Mm-hmm. It's so much like a diverse... This is so diversity island. Because Ibiza is such a small island, but so many people come from over the world and they, how to say, live together very well. And they all respect each other's culture. You know, in movie, I maybe I put that in New York, people become New Yorker. But here, people don't become Ibisanko. They more keep their traditional, their, how to say, mm, they keep their way. And what what way is that? How would you describe it? Oh, like, uh, how to say, keep yourself strong. Like, it's in unique way. It's very special, like you too. You suddenly, uh, like, uh, text us. It's really nice to through the Instagram. And you said you want to talk to me. And it's happening the six hour later. And mm-hmm. now we are here. Was actually your amazing PR man in New York, Marlon. Um, I didn't actually get in touch. He just dropped me a line to say that he'd heard the last podcast and my review at the Cinefest. And through that, I was like, well, actually, I wonder if she's still around. And um, I saw you looking very beautiful and glamorous in your wonderful outfit at the Cinefest. I mean, did you know that Abitha had its very own film festival? Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. How did you hear about it? Oh, because. Because we are now we are applying many kind of film festivals over the world, like more than 20s. And uh, the Ibisashine Fester and uh, one of them, we just when we Google, we found them. Then we applying, we were applying when? Like uh, five, four months ago. Then they gave me answer. And oh, your film will be in Santa Ruria. <laughs> <laughs> Best place on the planet. Can't even say it. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. <laughs> and so happy things is we have other international premiere in end of this month at Trim, Italy. And that's event called See You Sound. So that film festival is very focused for music and uh, movie. How very cool is that? Mm. I mean, I'm so pleased for you. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. I mean, if you haven't done this before and this is the first sort of music orientated, you know, full-length film that you've made. That's kind mm. of amazing that you've got it premiered in Ibiza and now mm. you're going to Italy with it. What about like Sundance or Cannes or any, like, are you aiming for the stars we with this? We applied Sundance and of course Berlin, but that wall is too high for us because we are so independent films. So yeah, we reject it, but still we are very positive for other film festivals because there are so many things. And uh, interesting things, it's this CU Sound event is 10 days film festivals, and uh, my movie is the first movie in entire this film festival. And um, the, it's its first day, and it's all about Ibiza. We have three movies. One is The Born Balearic about John's Adventure, and the second is uh, Pete Tong about Pete Tong, P E T E T O N G. We, other... we know him very, very well indeed. Oh, okay, he's okay. A, he's like a, an, an MBE these days. He's a very popular man on this island and he runs yeah, the yeah. IMS Festival. And um, I don't think there's many people, I would hope, listening to this podcast that mm-hmm. haven't heard him on like Radio 1, on the BBC, mm-hmm. back in London. Or um, Yeah, he's a legend as well. Another yeah, one. So who else have you got? And the, the last one is the director, Julian Temple. He made uh, other Ibiza movie in the same year. Ibiza the silent movie. Yeah, yeah, 2019. And we are all together in the first day of the, this Italy's film festival. So, so exciting. Really? <laughs> <laughs> A little Ibiza collective in yes. Italy representing. What's the date of that one? Uh, February 21st. Oh, right, it's this month. Yes, yeah. So I back to New York tomorrow and I will come back to Italy again. So Europe again. But it'd be worth it just to go and eat the pizza. If, even if nothing else goes, you know, according to plan, mm-hmm. you have to go and eat as much pizza as you can. Pizza? P- pizza. Yeah. Not Pete. Okay. <laughs> Not Pete. <laughs> I'm sure Pete likes pizza, but uh, he doesn't drink anymore. But he definitely... Oh, really? No, he doesn't, actually. Yeah, it was one of the things that came out of the IMS last year. He was talking about giving up drinking, and wow. there was a real focus on wellness in the music industry. Oh, wellness. It's kind of John Satrincha or Andy Wilson. They always say, oh, let's get a healthy life and still drinking. <laughs> I think I think it's just one of those things. The two things go hand in hand. No, mm. having a nice glass of wine as the sun sets mm. and the horizon is there in front of Zatrincha, and you know John does get a bottle of rosé in the DJ booth. I think mm-hmm. around four or five o'clock, and you know anyone's welcome to pop in and have a glass. From what I gather, um, uh, but you know it, it can't be easy. I think living that kind of I, I'm not saying that kind of lifestyle is not easy, but you know to to walk away and say no to alcohol when you're in that environment where it's mm-hmm constantly there and the sun is shining and everybody is a, got a drink in their hand mm-hmm. it's um i don't know how do you feel about that what's it like back in new york oh it's now it's much become more how, how to say mm, it's more how to say categorized than like before it's more simple like house or techno mm-hmm. but now it's more people divide the genre genres so it's 
Mm. But I mean, like, what is the party scene like mm. in New York compared to Ibiza? Because I was there mm. actually probably about nine or ten years ago making um, oh, New York? Yeah, making mm. a podcast for Smirnoff. Uh, the experience series about original nightlife that was the only kind of um, actual description of what I should be doing while I was there that I was given by the the directors of Smirnoff and it was like how do I get to the bottom of um, original nightlife in New York Mm. and it was interesting because it was obviously the cabaret license had just been brought in and Mayor Giuliani had like clamped down and shut everything down and everything was changing you know all the big clubs were closing and mm-hmm. there was a real change in the environments and the kind of places where parties were happening because they were more forced to go underground because mm-hmm. of the because of the cabaret license nothing was able to mm-hmm. stay open all night like it had done so mm-hmm. i'm just intrigued as to how you view the nightlife there perhaps compared mm-hmm. to how it is in ibiza Uh, New York now is more, how to say, it's same, always change, change, change. They t- in the same place, but they change the name. Mm-hmm. So it's always follow the police or, mm-hmm. how to say, for police come and they change name. It's always repeat like that. And also New York, now we are very trend at the party in the noon. Like around we start at noon until 9 p.m. Then they finish. And it's amazing under the sun, like Ibiza, but we don't have ocean. But still, it's really good to see the people's smiling face in the daytime. And because we have work next day, so they finish 9 p.m. Oh, and what's the trend? It's no phone in New York, in the club. You, they have a security guard only for the check, you have a phone or not. So if you bring your phone at the club, front of the DJ, the security can come and uh, he gonna kick you off. It's very strict now wow. with iPhone. I love that. That's, yeah. That should be a thing. Actually, it's really good. You know, now it's everyone bring iPhone and uh, you don't know you watch DJ or you are watching the monitor of the iPhone. So I think this rule is very cool and it's really Brooklyn thing. I think that's the way it should be. I mean, there's nothing worse than going to, like, high, for example, Ibiza, mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah. you know, you're and, and you're kind of standing, you know, right in front of the DJ booth watching Black Coffee, which has incredible visuals. Mm-hmm. It is very tempting to get your phone out, but, like, if literally all you can see around you is a hundred phones in the air and you're viewing <laughs> life through somebody else's screen and their, you know, their lens, if you like, it's mm-hmm. just actually quite irritating and you can't even see the DJ because... All you can see is these extended arms and these like flashing blue lights. It's, uh, yeah, oh. it's very annoying. Yeah, yes, it's true. But also people want to keep the memory, so I understand too. So yeah, it's very difficult. But be careful if you come to the Brooklyn's club, be careful for the phone. I would love to come to a Brooklyn <laughs> club. It's been a, a really long time actually since I investigated that whole world over there. And um, I quite fancy it. But one of the things that I always loved was that Danny Tanaglia invented that club vinyl where it was like alcohol free not to say that it was anything else free but it was definitely booze free and I feel like you know what a great idea like I do feel like the future of dance music the way it seems to be going maybe not in Ibiza yet but there's a lot of places in, in this world that are creating like dance spaces where they're not really 
conducive or encouraging that kind of boozy scene, which is an interesting concept. You know, I'm not suggesting that Danny was like, right, that's it, you know, no drugs or whatever. But I think, you know, it's, it, it's cool because obviously they weren't allowed. They got their license taken away for alcohol. So I think people just, you know, he was like, well, you're not going to shut me down. I'm just going to carry on doing it anyway. People found other ways to enjoy themselves. And I don't know, you know, necessarily if booze is intrinsic or, or needed for a good time yeah absolutely <laughs> you're like nodding your head <laughs> you don't agree <laughs> I agree, agree. <laughs> um, so what's so you're flying back to New York tomorrow you're off to Italy at the end of the month are you going to come back and see us this summer in Ibiza ah yeah definitely because the sunset is so beautiful here and uh, I miss the sunset in August I couldn't film the perfect sunset perfect uh, shape so I will come back like uh, July when I can see the perfect sunset. When? Well, this is a good place for it. Hostel La Torre. I mean, I've never, ever, ever been disappointed by the sunset here. It's okay. always pretty perfect. And it generally has been a touchdown in my experience. So, um, yeah, I think this would be a good place to start your, uh, your sunset hunt. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm always following the sunset and it's very difficult to capture with the camera. But yeah, you can remember in your eyes. <laughs> we need, yeah. And in terms of, um, you know, what's what's next after this project? Have you got anything else lined up to sort of film or shoot this year, or are you sort of done for now? About this uh, John Satrincho one? Yeah, yeah, we are just uh, waiting for the answer from the film festivals. Well, I wish you so much luck with that. And yeah. um, really, really thank you so much for making a little time in your last evening to join us for a gin and tonic on the balcony. Yeah, thank you so much too from this the far away because we are in the west side, La Toya, and you are from the east side, Santoria. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way you say that. It's going to stay with me for the rest of my evening. It's getting worse and worse now. <laughs> It's the gin, it's fine, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, thank you so much to give me this opportunity. You're very, very welcome, Lily, and um, yeah, safe flight back to New York. Yes, and thank you for don't allow to me read the scripts, <laughs> even I prepare here. <laughs> Life is not, not born from a script, it's good to just get off the old uh, yeah. beaten track, and um, you have a wonderful way of talking, and it's been really, really an absolute pleasure to listen to uh, yeah, your story with John. Thank you so much. Thank you. Coming to you.